Today on Locked on Buckeyes, we dive into Michigan accusing Ohio State of sharing the Wolverine signs and the Buckeyes offer an offensive lineman in the class of 2024. You are Locked on Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeyes fans? Welcome back to the episode of Locked on both guys for the locked on podcast network i'm your host jay stevens also the host of the jay stevens podcast it is thursday november 9th in the year 2023 and today's episode is brought to you by prize picks go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars prize picks daily fantasy sports Made easy during today's episode. Brian Smith, locked on recruiting analyst, is with us once again. Him and I will dive into the accusations that Michigan has thrown at Ohio State and discuss Gabe Van Sickle, the class of 2024 offensive lineman that recently got an offer from Ohio State. We're a couple days away from the Buckeyes and the Spartans battle in the shoe. Under the lights, I'm ready for it. I'm excited, but also I'm excited to hear what Brian has to say about the things that Michigan is accusing Ohio State of. And if Brian thinks the Buckeyes will get a commitment from Gabe Van Sickle. And as we welcome in Brian Smith, Locked On's recruiting analyst, I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College. Terms and conditions apply. Brian is definitely going to touch on recruiting. That's what he's here, what he's known for. But also, Brian's known for having some pretty, some people might say, spicy opinions or spicy takes about things going on in college football. And I know he does about what we're going to talk about today. Apparently, it came out, Michigan submitted something to the Big Ten that they believe shows that Ohio State and Rutgers shared the Wolverine signs with Purdue prior to the Big Ten championship game. Sign stealing, Brian, you and I know what's happened. It's been going on for decades. It's not going to stop. I don't know how Ohio State may have gotten these signs if it was illegal. Okay, maybe. But Michigan, I think the, I, I think the reason they're doing this is to try to lessen the punishment and to push off what might come towards Jim Harbaugh. That's just my official thought about what's going on right now where Michigan's now coming out of Ohio State at the same time that the Big Ten is saying, hey, discipline's going to come your way very soon. Well, you know what? If you're in the middle of a scandal that obviously the crosshairs have found you multiple ways, and then somebody, because they were taken advantage of, plays the old turnabout as fair play angle, I don't want to hear any crying. Right. So I don't know. When you first heard that, were you surprised? I have a strong take on that, too, because I wasn't, because I'd have done the same thing. No. No, I, I'm not, and I was. I told my wife about this, and I was, I was trying to figure out why in the world would Rutgers do this. But then I realized Greg Schiano used to coach at Ohio State. He's a defensive mind, so they bring some signals. Schiano brings some signals, and they throw him at Purdue. 
Purdue didn't wasn't going to win the game, wasn't going to win the Big Ten championship no matter what. If they had the signs or if they did not, they didn't have the power. But no, Brian, I'm not shocked. This stuff happens all the time. And I'm sure if coaches were more honest and upfront to discuss the things that they only discuss behind closed doors, we would hear about this stuff daily to the point that the national reporters in college football would be tired of writing so-and-so stole this signal and so, so-and-so gave this to this school. They would get tired of it because it would be happening at every school across the country. That's a very good point. Uh, name me a coach that you know of in college football that is always honest. <laughs> I'm laughing because I don't know what. <laughs> and you never will. I often have said probably for 25 or more years, one of my favorite lines, show me a coach that's always honest in recruiting and I will show you a coach that is soon to be on the unemployment line. Well, sign stealing goes into that too. Uh, there, there's going to be different parts of that. Now, it's interesting. I and I'm I'm guessing at this point, Ryan Day and his staff. I mean, the hatred between the two staffs is pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to guess that he could care less if they get penalized. If they, he might even say, you know what, we gave it to. Him. We don't care. I I think it would be hilarious. I'm not the greatest Ryan Day fan. I think he's he's a little bit thin-skinned on some issues, and he, he spouts off sometimes. But, look, if somebody's got a guy on your sidelines and the stands, whatever, that's weird. I get being ticked off about it, especially when you're accused of having, you know, the third base situation that Harbaugh alluded to. That's where all this started years ago when Jim said he started out, which he kind of did. But, I mean, Jim just tries to be a jerk all the time. So when somebody comes back at you, I don't want to hear it. I want to hear it from their fans. You know, if you still want to root for Michigan, by all means, just know that y'all are cheating in a way that is crazy. And if you think Harbaugh didn't know about it, I've got Swampland down here in Florida that is just for you. <laughs> you know, I'm waiting to hear from Harbaugh more of a long-form conversation to really admit, hey, I knew it. Now, that conversation might not happen for 25, 30 years when he's long done from coaching or long done coaching from, from college football. Statute of limitations is long gone and complete. We might get an honest Jim Harbaugh on, hey, I knew what was going on. I instituted it. I went to him and asked him to put together a formula for us to get a competitive advantage. And this is what this young man came back with. And the guy is trying to move up in the ranks and move up in the coaching level. I understand it. I don't, I'll, I also don't think Harbaugh would ever tell the full truth. Now it may be a long time for him to potentially discuss this in a long form, but I don't think Harbaugh is the kind of coach that's going to um, admit that he knew about this. I, I believe he did too. I, this is one of those things though. If you have a guy on your staff, you would think if he's going out and doing this for years, he would know about it. So I'm sure Harbaugh knew. Um, this, once again, Brian, brings up something you talked about earlier. This just adds to the chaos and maybe the um, annoyance that players might have going into the game against the Buckeyes and the Wolverines. This is just another storyline and another angle for players to read into, but also maybe get them off their game before that game, the last regular season game of the season. I think that something that's going to play out for both sides will be fake signals in this game. Yeah. Should you remotely, no matter which side you're on, look over at the other side and think you know something? Mm -mm. I mean, you're wasting your time in this game. Yeah. So 
I know it's a pain in the butt to switch signals, but there are still high school teams that do it. You can. I know it's a little harder at the college level because, of you know, there's more. The playbooks are a lot bigger. Yeah. They got to find a way to do it. And if some, don't be surprised if there's a moment during the game when one or both of the quarterbacks looks at the receiver like, what are you doing? Because they changed it and then somebody forgot and the ball went the other direction. That's probably going to happen because they both got to change all their signs before that game. There's just no way around it. But to that point, I wonder yeah. how that's going to impact the players mentally because you brought that up. One of these teams is going to have a guy that's going to be like concerned about everything. Did my guy or did their guy, blah, blah, just every possibility. And they might play a little slower, maybe not as confidently. That's not good. The team that still just goes forward and does what they're supposed to will come out on top in this game. We got to hear Brian discuss a little bit about the sign stealing that might happen or, I mean, excuse me, the altering of the signs that might happen in the game against between the Buckeyes and the Wolverines. There's another angle I want to touch on with Brian about that topic. It's coming here next on Locked on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for that connection we have. And today, I want our chat to be a little more personal. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics, and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply, even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, and Revesio prescriptions. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKED1 at checkout for a discount as well. Once again, if you are someone you love, would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. This episode is also brought to you by Billiards Plus. Billiards Plus has the best selection of pool tables, game tables, shuffleboard tables, and more. And the best service in Central Ohio. And did you know Billiards Plus has top-of-the-line grills, with up to 30-year warranties, that's longer than most roofs. Billiards Plus carries the best pool tables from Brunswick, Ahasen, Canada, Billiards and more. Plus, top-of-the-line grills from PK, Napoleon, Memphis, and the Griddle. That could very well be the last grill you own. The perfect gift for any occasion is in stock at Billiards Plus. Go big with an awesome pool table or shuffleboard table. Or a little more modest with a dartboard or poker table. No matter the season. Billiards Plus has you covered for all your indoor and outdoor entertainment needs. And the people at Billiards Plus are the best part of the experience. Kenny, Sarah, and the whole staff will take amazing care of you. Billiards Plus, visit their showroom on Dublin Center Drive in Dublin. Brian, I've heard a lot of people discuss and say college football teams, especially at this level, need to have an earpiece in the helmet of the quarterback and a middle linebacker on defense so you can cut down on the sideline signals being thrown into the stadium and onto the field for the linebacker to display the play call for the other guys on defense and for the quarterback to tell the guys on offense what the play is. The money is there. I don't know if we're going to see that within the next three years. 
But I do believe the money is there that if, hey, this is what's needed to eliminate this form of sign stealing or cheating, the money's there to make that happen. Here's the deal. It's not that expensive to make it happen. And if I don't know what companies run all these things inside of AT&T, whatever the heck it is, somebody should, because there's so much attention on it, here's a real great idea for some company that's always looking to advertise AT&T, Verizon, whatever. We're going to donate because some schools don't have the money. The Ohio State, Michigan do. Those lower level, the U1 and FCS schools, we're going to donate it. But that symbol on the side of your headset is going to be big. Yeah. They'll sign off on that in a heartbeat. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) I don't want to hear it. They will donate that stuff because college football sells and advertising like crazy. It wouldn't be that way with all this stuff about getting more playoff games if the advertising money wasn't crazy. They wouldn't want to expand it. The people that run college football are advertisers. We could say otherwise. It is 100% the advertisers, period. I don't want to hear anything about you can't get the signals. The only problem that would still come up, and I remember, ironically, Rich Rod goes to Michigan. Mm-hmm. And he ran that. I mean, he's tremendous offensive mind. And they ran that fast-paced offense. But especially when he had like an early developing quarterback, they always did the look with me. Freshmen are still going to look at the sidelines. Of course. So guys are going to have to figure some things out. Because even based on a formation, I'm like, hey, 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 you should have made that check. Look over in a freshman and sophomore quarterback still aren't fun. There's it's going to go away to a certain degree when the helmets and the, you yeah. know, get the little peak, but it's not going to go away a hundred percent. So I just hope there's nobody with some funky glasses on the central Michigan sideline in the future. I'm just going to make that <laughs> statement and let it be at that. So I was thinking about that and putting the earpieces in the, for the quarterback to have the helmet where he could communicate um, with the coaches on the sidelines. I don't know how that would help development because a lot of guys are coming from high school where they're doing the go on, no huddle, wait, check with me, look to the sidelines. And that's how they're getting their play call in high school, offense and defense, same thing. And so when you go to the college level, yes, you may want some of the same things to be similar to high school, but it's a whole different animal. And if this is how you progress and say you're a freshman or a true sophomore starting quarterback, the next thing you know, it's, hey, um, no more signal looking to the court to the sidelines. It's all it's all in your ear. That may slow some development of quarterbacks early in their careers because hey, things are changing, things are different. Oh, wait, he's talking to me. 15 seconds left in the play clock. That goes away. Oh man, I don't have the person in the coach in my ear telling me what to do. That may slow development and you talk about Michigan and Ohio State fans being disgruntled when things don't go well. Imagine a starting quarterback, game one, game two, game three, a new starting quarterback having that issue. Woo, it could be ugly in Columbus. That's why it's still not an easy transition. Right. And I, I was talking about this with somebody earlier today. Even when you have an experienced quarterback, they're going to have some ups and downs. Any kind of change to what they do, the person calling the plays, being the offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, whatever – the person signaling in, they are routine people. It's kind of like baseball players mm-hmm. are very, very yes, they are superstitious. Yeah, this kind of stuff is similar. So when we get to that, there's going to be some moments, and that'll be an ungodly, ridiculous topic that's written about. As soon as we get to that, that season, I'm dreading it already. There will be <laughs> seven thousand headset articles yeah. coming out from CBS, ESPN, and everything. It's going to be boring, but there's going to be some problems. The guys that adjust to it quickly will be the ones in major bowl games. The ones that do not, 
there'll be coaches looking for new jobs. How do you think coaches would respond to this? Because we talk about control freaks and how college football coaches are, are many of them are control freaks. They have a lot of control now with how things are ran offensively. If they're not able to communicate with their quarterback down to the final second of the play clock, they might get a little annoyed because they may want to say something else audibly, but that communication is cut off. How do you think that's going to impact not just the quarterback, but these control freaks that many people can describe numerous college football coaches with that phrase? The only thing they can really do because you're truncating them is to really limit the playbook for a game. Yeah. And it's about execution, which they like. But the first time they go with that game plan and the kid goes out there on the field and lays an egg, you're going to see a horrendous press conference. Yeah. Coaches are the most thin-skinned people I know on earth. They're horrendous, outside of maybe politicians, but that's another story. So you're looking at a scenario where there's going to be a few hilarious viral videos going crazy on Facebook and Instagram, etc. What you just talked about will be a big part of that. Well, we we wanted to do this, but we don't, you know, because of the signs. I mean, it's they're going to blame it on somebody else. They won't blame themselves. Well, how come the other guy figured it out and you didn't? That means you didn't coach well enough. Yeah. But it's still the same thing. Everybody's going to have the same set. I, what is it in the NFL? Like the last 10 seconds, you can't something say like something like that. To, something like that. I assume they're just going to adopt the same rule. And that last 10 seconds, in those, especially when you're on the road, like Ohio State plays in Michigan, from five feet away, the person, in the stands that you're trying to talk to, they can't hear you. No. Well, from the sidelines, you're not going to be able to talk to a quarterback or even the offensive tackle or the receiver. As a coach, you run down the field and you call a timeout or you eat it. Sway it is. So Michigan's got to deal with that when they go to, you know, Columbus and vice versa. That, you know, it doesn't really change to me. So, I, again, everybody's on the same rule. I'm okay with it. It's still better than some schools like sending a guy to the stands, even though they're dumb enough to wear a Michigan shirt in the stands. <laughs> I, that is, by the way, that's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. What are yeah. you doing? Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that skit that went around on Twitter and stuff. The guy that did, that was unbelievable. They, they had somebody, now don't change this. Make sure you do that. Make sure you wear the Michigan shirt in the stands. Or I, I was like, oh my God, it's hilarious. But you can't. So dumb. It, I, I, don't, I have no idea what they're doing there. The point is still the same, though. If you're on the same page, there's deficiencies. It's not perfect, but you can't have the coach up until the point of the snap. You just can't do it. Yeah. So everybody's on that same page. The people that adjust to it will win. The people that do not, it's just like any other rule. Some people bitch and moan when a new rule comes in. Too bad. Adjust or perish. Last thing here about Michigan and the sign stealing I don't watch first take on ESPN. It's really not my cup of tea as far as sports conversations. I just saw a graphic on the TV recently, and um, I was out and about. And it was Stephen A. Smith said that Michigan should be banned from the college football playoff until the investigation is complete. Buckeye fans would love that. I don't really fully agree with that. The only statement I would make about this, I think Michigan should be banned from the CFP this season for cheating this year if they have found that cheating happened in this season that's where i stand with it do you think michigan should still be eligible for the college football playoff if they make it undefeated into that part of the season um based off the allegations and really not, not allegations the things that 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 they did um as far as stealing signs there are several roadblocks to that one is just lawyers yeah 
they would just sue them in countersuit in the fear. I guarantee you this has already been discussed, although they deny it. The NCA doesn't want additional countersuits saying they were trying to smear them. I don't know if you're young enough to remember, but UNLV was the dirtiest basketball program in yeah. the country, and they'd been caught. But Tarkanian ended up suing and winning against the NCAA because he said they tried to make him a scapegoat and an example. He won a lot of money. NCAA didn't want that to happen again. So number one, they ain't going to be the one to do it. Number two, the playoff committee is totally different. And who did I say a little bit ago that really runs the whole deal? Advertisers. Yes. Does Michigan have a lot of football fans? Do you think they have a lot of people to zero percent chance they're not going to playoffs this year? I don't care about who should or wouldn't. It's going to cut to the end. Zero percent. The only way that would happen is if they self-imposed it. And whichever people in the administration there that did that, they better jump out of a building because the the mob would be at the gate in about 15 minutes. There's no chance. Now, long term, if you let it play out and do processes forever, it's so it slow in our society. It is. Maybe next year, some kind of penalty. It's possible. But I think they would really try to hammer Jim because everybody knows Jim's on the ledge about whether he stays or leaves every job. It's just the kind of personality is. I think the shortcut is if you guys get rid of Harbaugh, we'll kind of let this go. They don't want him back because he's just a pain for the NCAA. He's always doing something with his mouth, but he's a great coach. It's a conundrum. Michigan doesn't want him there anymore in a man in the moon. They can say otherwise, but he wins. They're not going to go back to getting beat by Ohio State. They're not going to accept that. You're going to have to force him out, basically. They're going to have to hammer him. But the chances of them being out of the playoff, eh, about zero. Ohio State recently offered a 2024 offensive lineman who is currently a Northwestern commit. Will this young man flip his commitment to Ohio State? We discuss that next on Locked on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player staff projections and watch the winnings roll in. Price fix is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Price fix the number one daily fantasy sports app. PrizePix now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. So go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnCouch and use code LockedOnCouch for your first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. Brian, before we even started painting at Gabe Van Sickle, the talented offensive lineman from Coopersville High School in Coopersville, Michigan. You say he's a talented kid, kind of underrated. Well, that underrated portion might be why Ohio State is going after him because I saw his offer list. It's not as extensive as you would think a talented offensive lineman would be, especially at this point in the cycle. Gabe Van Sickle, 6'5", 285, um, is an offensive lineman committed to Ohio, excuse me, committed to Northwestern, but it's taking an official visit to Ohio State this weekend for their game against the Michigan State Spartans. Van Sickle, when you watch him play, what do you think? Power. Yeah. Um, I don't know where the heck Coopersville, Michigan is, and I'm guessing it's 
a situation where he's a one-off because I, I do not recognize that school, but the kids that he's going up against are getting launched like wiffle balls in, in the backyard, you know, when I was a kid. So he's a powerful kid and he's been overlooked. I'm surprised Michigan or Michigan state didn't pick him right? up. That that surprised me too. Especially like the Spartans. They've been classic for as long as I've been alive of finding the three-star O-lineman. Then two years later, you're like, why didn't we offer that guy? Yeah. But he's at Northwestern. And Northwestern's done a lot of the same things. I mean, they have to. They're not going into Ohio State's backyard and getting the kids out of Ohio. So they find anywhere they can. But I watched this film and the kid can move. And he's got a super, super set of heavy hands. Yeah, he could play at Ohio State. He can play anywhere. It's just hilarious that every now and then it seems to happen couple of times a year in the Big Ten, some kid that nobody knew about usually ends up at Iowa or Indiana or Northwestern or something. You're like, that kid's all Big Ten. Why didn't we offer him? Ohio State's had enough of that, I think. And they've uh, they've gone after this kid. And I think they're going to find themselves a gym if they get it. The part about him being a Northwestern commit is very interesting because of what's going on at the school, Byron oh, Pat Gerald. I'm very curious if he has been waiting for another offer that – pulled him in like an Ohio State offer does because, well, mainly the guy that recruited him isn't there anymore. I believe he got an offer on May 15th and committed to Northwestern on the same time. Pat Fitzgerald, I do believe, got fired, I want to say, in July, middle of July. So I wonder if that is in his mind like, well, the signing day's coming up about a month away. The guy who I committed to play for is no longer there Oh, wait, Ohio State's calling? Took an unofficial visit for the Penn State game, coming in for a night's game, so you're getting the big noon experience, you're getting a night game experience, and you're also getting an offer from one of the best schools in the country. Ohio State desperately needs him because they're off with the line this year. It's been shaky. It's gotten better, but it has been shaky, and they say the depth on that position is not great. I think in a couple of years, if Vince Sickle commits to Ohio State, he could be one of those guys that – transitions and uses that power in the heavy hands in high school uses them in Columbus. If he flips to the Buckeyes, why would you want to go to Northwestern right now? And I get the degree factor. It's a tremendous institution. Honestly, Brian, that might be the only reason. One of the biggest selling points is the degree. I, I get it. But at the same time, and I, this is subjective. You can get a really good degree at Ohio state. They have great alumni. Is it the same piece of paper on wall street? No, but it's still, if like you're going to live in the Midwest, you're going to get a job from Ohio State Prince. So I don't put as much stock in that as I used to. And they suck at football compared to Ohio State. There's no nice way to say that. It's it's Northwestern. Do you want to play at the upper level? Do you want to play pro? You've got a better chance if you go play for the Buckeyes. That's what they're going to sell him. I, I, I'm not giving any news flash. Right. But this kid can ball. And Ohio State needs linemen, as you mentioned. Why would they not recruit him? And by the way, do you think just by a chance with him being where he's from, that adds a little something for the Buckeyes oh, coaching staff? Of course. I mean, Krenzel, if I remember right, he was from Michigan. That's hilarious, by the way, because they hadn't won a title since 68. Right. And then he wins the title against Miami, and he's from the state. He had like two players from Michigan, one being a quarterback. So that's hilarious. This is another case. You want to have a couple kids from Michigan on your on your on your roster. So good for the Buckeyes, man. If they did their own evaluation, they liked him. They made an offer. Brian, Ohio state currently has three offensive linemen committed in this cycle. The class of 2024 had a decommitment by one, uh, one athlete. They're still going after Jordan Seaton, the talented offensive tackle. 
But then Sickle looks to be different and separate based off the things I'm hearing and reading than the Seton commitment. Do you think Ohio State should have at least four offensive linemen no matter what in this cycle? I think I could alter that for you. Um, and this is another ironic thing. One of the guys that I used to know worked for Schimbeckler, and he said that no matter what, every year, Bo would remind the staff, do not bring me a recruiting class that did not have at least four yeah. offensive linemen in it. He wanted consistency. If we're going to lose, it's going to be somewhere else. Ohio State and Michigan, are, they don't like each other, but they're built from the same cloth. They're, they're linemen. They're at the line of scrimmage programs, et cetera. I think you can still apply that at least three out of four years. I know the spread changes things. Right, right. And I'll take Jeremiah Smith over Van Sickle every day. I get it. Right. But if you can't block, Jeremiah's not getting the ball. Right. So I think that four is the number they need this year. Maybe in a year where you get three studs early, you save the scholarship for a skill guy. But this hasn't been the greatest run here. I don't know what's going on because it used to be they got at least one of the top 10 offensive linemen every single year. I mean, every single year. I'm curious. I'll throw it back to you. Why has that changed? What What is – am I missing something? I think development has kind of impacted how the recruits – and I'm just saying this from a – I don't talk to recruits on a, on a daily basis, especially offensive linemen. But I've, I've seen a drop-off in the development of offensive linemen, um, sometimes the conditioning of offensive linemen. And I think that's impacted how recruits come to Ohio State of you, Ohio State, excuse me, especially at this position. But you're right. Ohio State should, just by the name and the emblem on the helmet. You don't, um, right. And just, I mean, just the decals alone. Oh, man, it's Ohio State. It's it's that block O on the chest. Oh, I'm going. I don't really see that with this position. I think, I, I think someone actually asked me this question recently, Brian, about how I think things will change under new offensive line coach Justin Fry. I said, I think it's too early to tell, but I think with him being younger, then the previous offensive line coach, him playing the position recently, I think it was like 05 to 08 or 04 to 07 at Indiana, and then also his track record of coaching at other places in college football and having success, I think he'll be able to change it, but it's too early to tell to me. And also, the way this offensive line has played, played early didn't help his case. I really hope next year it's back to that, consistent, sound, dominant O-line in Columbus? Well, it should be. Um, you're not going to get kids like Seton, who I know, a great kid, by the way, by underperforming. Right. From speaking to other people, listening to other podcasts, people that do betting lines, people that have scouted, I have not heard one person this year say Ohio State is anywhere near the level they are expected to be along the offensive line. Oh, no. If it continues – like if you and I have a conversation next spring, we're talking about all the offers for the class of 25 and you say, man, I, I was, you know, hearing some things about the O-line not being good at spring. If it gets into that point, then we're, we're in deep trouble. Yeah. So the, I would think Ohio state has a big year opportunity wise to say somebody from the portal can come in. And I know everybody's looking for offensive alignment. It's always, it's hard. But, I mean, that's a dominant program, and the dudes they got coming in, you would think that'd be pretty attractive. I'm going to judge that as much as I am recruiting because they need the one guy. They need a bell cow, offensive tackle. They can kind of help build their offense around until they get some of these other guys up to speed because something's goofy. And I wondered, and I guess you have pretty similar thought. They're a step below where they should be, and I'm, I'm not really sure what it is. 
I really appreciate Brian Smith coming on the show once again. He is locked on to recruiting analyst. If you want to hear Brian and his thoughts about how other schools around the country are recruiting, check him out. I know he's on Locked On, I believe, Auburn recently, and he'll be on other Locked On shows on the College Network covering recruiting on a regular basis. You can cover, excuse me, you can follow Brian on X, formerly known as Twitter, at FBScout underscore Florida. You can follow me on the same platform at JStevens07. This has been Locked On Buckeyes here on a Thursday. I'll see you next time.